the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified. For more information about us, we ask that you please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase, and there you can find a statement of faith about us, a prayer list, ways to financially support us, and just find out more about us in general. You can find links to our social media accounts there as well, and hope that you would do that and follow us on your favorite social media account. We are now on Facebook, uh, and so if you're a Facebook fan and want to be on there, that would be great. A lot of times we just simply post uh, news articles, uh, different things about uh, the church, things that are affecting Christians around the world, and of course we always put up a memo about our podcast being released and, and information about it. But you can also hit that like button and follow us on your favorite app uh, or however format you're listening to us so you will get an alert each time that we release our podcast. We try to release our podcast weekly on Saturdays before 3 o'clock in the afternoon Chicago time. So that would help you uh, look for us as well. Please tell your friends and family about us and how you found us. You have a question about the Bible We will do our best to answer that question. And you can submit that as well through our contact page on our our webpage as well. There's a link there to do that. If you have a prayer request, you can also submit a prayer request as well. And please, if you're a prayer warrior, go and check that webpage out and go to the prayer list. And I know I've gotten several emails saying, well, it doesn't change very much. And that's true, it does not. Uh, occasionally we add or take down uh, things when people request that and so if you have a prayer request uh, believe me there are people who actually check that web page out I we get about a hundred hits or more a week just on that page alone on the prayer request so I know people are checking that out and we have a lot more listeners than that we average now thanks to you and uh, blessings by God we're way over 200 a week now and so uh, God gives the growth. We just are doing our best to broadcast his message of truth straight from the Bible. And speaking of a Bible, I hope that you have one. It would open it and follow along. And open your Bible to Acts chapter 16 and mark it. And then turn with me to Judges chapter 7 in the Old Testament. Today we're going to be talking about the Battle of Gideon. The Battle of Gideon. And before we get too far, I would like to read a scripture reading. And that reading will come from Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 11. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. And if you have a Bible there, please follow along. I'll give you a moment to get there. Uh, That's one of the comments I got from an email is, can you slow down just a little bit so I can get uh, my Bible turned there? And, And so I will try to do that. You can always hit the pause button and then hit play again as well but and I again I appreciate it was a really loving email and I appreciated it. it meant a lot to me Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 through 17 says put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand firm. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And I, I'm going to go ahead and read verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And I know we have a few listeners. That the word saints there is tr translated today as Christians. And so that's really what that word comes from. Okay, so, but today in the, in the world of games, all around the world, uh, in the sports world, big games are being played out. Where, where no one, supposedly no one, uh, knows the outcome of the game that's being played. Each day, someone is trying to place a bet on that winning game. I know in Las Vegas, that's well, that's you can bet on anything in, in the world there. That's what you want to do. But everyone is looking for that winning team or to be uh, in a winning match of that day. Now, I, I don't watch football like I used to. I hardly watch it at all anymore, to be honest about it. But it's an interesting game to me it's it's like a big chess game if one team runs a certain play then the defense will uh, make their moves to counter attack and, and to hold off the offense of course i'm talking about american football here i should probably clarify that for some of our listeners please forgive me uh, the, the american football not soccer but and soccer's a, a, an interesting game too but we, but we're in this unique situation. We are all in a struggle in spiritual warfare and this engagement, which the outcome really has already been decided. Jesus' side has already won. If this match was being televised, uh, the odds would be they would switch to another game to keep viewers happy. And they do that a lot here uh, in America. Somebody's just uh, beating up the other team really bad. It's obvious nobody's going to, who's going to win, the outcome. They switch to a more competitive game because they want people and sponsors uh, to pay big money for that game. But Jesus called checkmate. At the very moment he walked out of the tomb and, and he leaves death's grip uh, behind. The devil, though, he, he refuses to concede to defeat. He's already lost the game, and the clock is about to wind down to zero. You know, it'd be like a chess game. Four moves out, and no matter what last-minute move the devil does, it's really all in a losing cause. 
Jesus has defeated the only thing left, and that was the power of the grave. The winning team still has to counter the final moves of the war, though, because the devil has not conceded and, and really is a poor loser. He makes desperate moves to see if he uh, can get players from the other team to get hurt or to fail or, or, or quit or whatever. You know, years ago I watched a documentary on the NFL. And it was this guy from the uh, the Oakland Raiders. I'm not going to give his name. He's now a Christian. and But he talked about at the bottom of the pile... They, he he would intentionally try to break fingers and hands of the of the opposing offense, his team, in order in the long term, hoping that that would mean they would have a losing season, and his team could have the winning season. And so, that's that mentality though that you know that devil has. He's going to try to hurt and destroy those who claim to be Christians. And so we're going to look t- today on the podcast here at the story in the battle of Gideon. And again, that's in Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. And, and a little background here. Israel has done evil in the eyes of, of the Lord God. And for seven years, he gave them over to the Midianites. And when Israel finally cries out to God, an angel will appear to Gideon. And the Lord is with you, man of valor. Okay, in other words, mighty warrior. Just like he was with David against Goliath. However, not everyone is going to fight in this battle. And so let's begin reading here. Judges chapter 7, starting in verse 1. Then Gideon and all the people who were with him rose early encamped beside the spring of Herod and the camp of Midian, which was on the north side of them by the hill of Moriah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands, for Israel would become boastful and saying, My own power has delivered me. Now therefore come, Proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people returned, but 10,000 remained. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Therefore it should be, that he whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, and he shall go with you. But everyone whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. Verse 5. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, You shall separate everyone who laps water with his tongue as a dog laps, as well as everyone who kneels to drink. Verse 6. Now the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people kneeled to drink water. 
So the Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the three hundred men who lapped and will give the Midianites excuse me, into your hands. So let all the other people go, each man to his home. So three hundred men took the people's provisions and their trumpets into their hands, and Gideon set all the other men of Israel, each to his tent. But he retained the three hundred men, and the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. Now, verse 9. The same night it came about that the Lord said to him, Arise and go down against the camp, for I have given them into your hands. So here we have Gideon. He, he starts off with 32,000 men, and by walking away, there's 22,000 men. They, they were afraid, so that would leave 10,000. Why did God send them home? Well, it could be because of their lack of faith. Yet, God tells Gideon 10,000 men are still too many. And all these men who were left wanted to go into the battle. However, not all of them were prepared. Some let their guard down and some others put their weapons down. And out of the 10,000 men... God tells Gideon to send 9,700 of them home. Then he said, Now, Gideon, you have enough to defeat your enemy. Mind you that this is 450 to 1. The odds are not in their favor. Now, there, there will have to be this total dependence on God here. Those who were left have faith in God, and they are prepared. And sometimes we still need encouragement, just, just like Gideon does here. Verse 9, again, Thou that the same night it came about the Lord said to him, Arise and go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hands. Verse 10, But if you are afraid to go down, go with your servant down to the camp, and you will hear what they say. And afterwards your hands will be strengthened that you may go down against the camp. So he went with his servant down to the outpost of the enemy's army that was in the camp. Okay, so here's Gideon. He knew what God had called him to do. He goes from 32,000 men down to 300. And you would think when you're getting ready to go into this battle that having the bigger army would probably work better in your favor. This was a plan of Normandy, was really to just overwhelm the Germans with pure numbers. But God takes these foolish things to confuse the wise. He will take something that just looks impossible and make it possible. When God calls us to do something that seems impossible, He will encourage you and me. He knows that we're human, and He knows that we are prone to fear and, and, and prone to fight the flesh. Hosea uh, chapter 10 verse 12 says, Sow yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till He comes with rain and righteousness upon you. 
You see, the victory has been won. The chess game is unfolding, and the devil, he's running out of time. But he's going to continue to move his pawns around. However, God is not going to slip up. He's already called checkmate. There is no doubt in my heart and my mind as I go through this podcast and preparing for this podcast that God has already won the battle. The question is, will you be full of fear like the 22,000? Will you be unprepared like the 9,700? Or will you be one of the few in the brave that will stand up for the Lord. We have a lot going on in our world today. There is, it just seems there is division everywhere. Everybody has their own way. Everybody thinks that their way is the best way. In reality, it's all trash. The best way and the only way is God's way. You and I who are in this field fighting, we, we need to be holding on and fighting because the battle really is already won. God just simply has not blown the final trumpet. Again, using the NFL as an example, I have watched very few Super Bowls over the years where most of them are simply just blowouts. Even so, both teams are still playing. And they will not stop playing until the clock runs down to zero until there's no more time left in the game. They're going to continue to play. It is the same with any professional sporting event. Both teams play until the clock says the game is over. Even if the scoreboard is playing, you know, two minutes left in the game, and the team uh, who is down by a score, they're still going to try to figure out how to steal the game and win the trophy to take that trophy home. You and I, as followers of Christ, we need to be in full alert and not always play this preventative defense type thing. Because if we do this way, we could end up losing our souls. I mean, I have watched teams who play preventative defense in the NFL, and next thing you know, the other team wins the game. And so you have to be careful and not to play this preventative type defense. Remember, Jesus has already called checkmate. But that does not excuse us from not being prepared and not fighting to the very end. Because the devil, again, he is a soul loser and he's not going to go down without a fight. In Daniel chapter 3, God has already won the battle for the three Hebrew boys. And when they're tossed into the fiery furnace, the heat was turned up seven times hotter than normal. But the fire burned the mighty men who threw them into the furnace. But the fire never touched the Hebrew boys. Their clothing doesn't even smell like smoke on their clothing. And if you have your Bibles marked to Acts 16, that's where we're headed. Paul and his friends in this book have found themselves really in a bad situation, a real tight spot, we might say. 
However, God has everything in complete and utter control. So you have a Bible and you have it marked there. Uh, follow along. Acts chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 22. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrate tore their, their robes off of them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. Verse 24, And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Well, they're away in the middle of the prison, and now they're being uh, chained to the floor. Verse 25, But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison house was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfashioned. Paul and Silas, when they're thrown in jail, they've been beaten. They've got to be in a lot of pain. And now they're in this dark cell. No electricity, no heat, no air conditioning, no cable TV. They're chained to the ground, and they're probably bleeding. And what are they doing? They're, they're singing a song. How many of us, honestly, listeners, would be doing that? Whose team are they really on? Clearly Jesus' team. However, when the enemy, the enemy thought they had won the game, the scripture says that Paul and Silas began to pray and sing songs. And then God causes this earthquake to shake the jail at midnight. And as we just read, their chains were unfashioned. Remember Gideon. As he was preparing for a battle in which God had already promised victory, Gideon and his men still had to go and finish that battle. And you and I are in a battle. I know a lot of people say Christians are not fighters and warriors and, and we're not in a battle. Yes, we are. The Bible says so. God says so. Perhaps the battle that you and I are fighting is not one for the home team. And if you're not fighting for the home team, if you're not fighting for Christ's side, I, I really want to encourage you to rethink your situation. Maybe you're, you're battling sin in your life. And right now, God, He can help you with that battle. He, he's already won the battle. He's already defeated sin. He's already defeated the, 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 the damnation that comes with sin. He's already defeated Satan and the evil one. I don't know what battle that you have found yourself in and what blows that you're taking in your life physically, emotionally, or spiritually. We, we have a lot going on in our world that we didn't have going on a year ago. And I wonder with, with uh, COVID, what will be the next virus that comes by and, and throws everybody curveballs, causes churches to close buildings, sell their buildings, I can't help but wonder the battle began in people's homes and they went house to house in the book of Acts in Acts 2 and 3. I wonder 
that that's what we're headed back to. We're going back to house to house and meeting in each other's homes. I know many countries that they've already doing that. And when I hear this idea that's being taught on a lot of Christian radio stations locally here, that they don't take into account. They think America is the prophecy country, and that's a sign that Jesus is coming back. But I know we have people listening. We have countries that a lot of us are aware of, uh, communist countries, socialist countries, where Christianity is not legal at all, and they get blamed for things. Uh, they're thrown in prison. Uh, they are illegally detained. They lose their businesses, their homes, their families. And this is not new to the world. This has been going on since the first century. There has been a battle. And we need to understand that we are in a battle and that we have to take up the whole armor of God. That's why it's so important for us to, to know the Bible, read the Bible, study the Bible. We find ourselves surrounded and perhaps involved in immoral relationships, being a drunkard, lying, cheating, stealing, profanity-type language, gossiping. Maybe your battle is trying to figure out if the Bible is actually the Word of God. Maybe you simply just don't trust God. The list of battles could go on and on, and the list, there's probably not enough paper for me to have to, to write them all out. I, I may not know your battle. You may not know my battle. However, I do know this. You do, and I know mine. And as long as we are willing to battle it, on our own, the devil, he's going to make his moves until the clock runs out, and then what? Where will we be? Or we can play the team game and allow Christ to be the captain of our team, and we are his followers, and allow him to do that battle for us. He seeks out our very best each and every day. That Jesus does. He, he wants that for us. And let me encourage you today, listeners. God has promised all of us that we can be on His side. Now, it's not about God being on my side. That, that really doesn't work. We need to be on God's side. And when we are on God's side, we, we have forgiveness of sins. We have the cleansing blood. We have the promises of eternal life. And nobody else has ever made those promises. Nobody else said, I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. And nobody else said three days later, I'm going to walk out of that grave. And that's exactly what he did. I don't care what other religion in the world claims whatever they want. There is no way. Their graves, those bones are still there. We need to know the God of the Bible. We need to know that He came to this earth 
and he lived and, and suffered and died for us, that there is hope of eternal life. We need to confess that Jesus is Lord and God and that he's our Savior. And it's more than just verbally saying it. It's just more than walking in front of the church and saying it. It is saying it with your words and your actions and the lifestyle that you are living. Jesus has said checkmate for you and for me. And we need to walk that faithful life. I certainly hope whatever battle you're in that you give it to the Lord. And I'm not saying that's easy. Because it's not. I mean Gideon had his big question marks. There is a lot of us as human beings that just struggle and that's okay to a point as long as that struggle is allowing God to help us through that struggle we live in a world that we're constantly being bombarded what is your filter system what what armor are you using to protect you from lies and fake news and deceptions because if you don't know the word of God and you don't know what the applications are in the word of God you're you're going to have a hard time you're, you're going to really honestly struggle life is already difficult you think Jesus had an easy life constantly being bombarded with slanderous statements hateful statements, rocks being thrown at him, finally being crucified, all because they did not like him, because he was taking their control and their power over people away. This idea that the Christian life is a cakewalk is a lie, and that you can have millions of dollars in health and prosperity and so on have never read the Bible how do you explain Acts 16 they're in jail they're in prison they've just been beaten their clothes have been ripped off in a public humiliation I I guess they were never taught that or, or believed any of that and the same would be true with all the apostles that would be true with the first century church. Many of them went to, to Rome and they were crucified. They were tied to poles and lit on fire to light the streets at night. What did they miss? If, if the Olsteins of the world and so on are preaching and teaching this, what did the first century church miss? Why didn't they have that and why didn't they believe that? I certainly hope that you and I try to approach these things with the Word of God, with the brain that God gave us, to, to study church history and how did they handle things. Because the reward is great. That trophy that we will get with Jesus and eternity I don't know if I have words to describe it other than say, wow, I, I'm, I'm ready for that. When he's ready, I'm ready. 
between now and then, you and I have to be willing to fight the battle. Now, there might be some people listening to the podcast saying, well, I don't consider that a win if somebody lights me on fire so they can have light at night. We're thinking worldly things here and not godly things. The win is Jesus. He is the victor. He is the writer of salvation. He is the author and the writer of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yes, it was penned by men, but his spirit influenced that. There's many battles that we will face in our life. Emotionally, spiritually, financially, health-wise, physical, whatever. We all will have battles. And how are we going to fight those battles and what tools we're going to use to fight those battles will make the difference on the outcome as a positive one, a good one, or one of total and utter defeat. I'm so glad that Jesus did not give up. I know he struggled. He had to have. And I know the apostles had to struggle. But yet they decided it was better to preach the gospel and teach the gospel than it was to obey men. Acts 4 verse 12, is it better to obey you or God? And that's where we need to be. Is it better to obey God, His word, or men? Thank you again for listening to our podcast. I certainly hope you'll hit that like button and follow us. Please, if it's encouraging to you and positive to you, that you would tell your friends, your family about us and how you found us so that they also may listen. You can please hit that like button and that follow button. That number keeps going up each and every week as well. God has really blessed our our efforts here. We, We truly believe that. Uh, we have an email here that says, Thank you for explaining the entire Bible in, in a language that I understand and words that I understand. English is not my first language. We look forward to downloading always your podcast. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. I won't get the name out. But anyway, yes, you're very welcome. I, I certainly thank you for that. If you have a Bible question, I encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com and go to the contact us page, and there you may submit your question. You can also listen to past podcasts there as well. And we also have a company that's wanting to help sponsor us and support us, and what we're going to try to be part of as well, and that is asopet.com. And they will ship around the world, from my understanding. Some that's still being worked out as we record this podcast. So if you have a pet and you need supplies for your pet and want to help uh, support the podcast through that as well, that would be great. Again, thank you for listening to us. May God bless you and may he have the glory.